Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Redestine tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. What's up, folks? Welcome in. Coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios. Jason Martin in, not for Clay Travis, but alongside Clay Travis. He's out in Los Angeles, as you know. He was at Lakers Clippers last night, and it's now morning, and he's with us. And before we even talk about the game, which had a playoff atmosphere and was awesome, and there's a lot of stats and a lot of things that we can break down. Plus, there was a huge World Series game last night that was thrilling as well. Maybe a surprise ending for some people. Before we even talk about the game, Clay, this is Lakers-Clippers, the two teams most people have pegged as the favorites to potentially win the Larry O'Brien Trophy when this long NBA season comes to an end. It's LeBron, it's Anthony Davis, it's Kawhi, but what's the atmosphere like even before the game even starts? Because I know that there were definitely some extracurriculars going on outside of the Staples Center. Well, first of all, it was phenomenal. It's NBA, NBLA, right? Um, the NBA has basically taken over the city of Los Angeles, and it was an absolute electric scene. It felt like a uh, college football game almost outside of the Staples Center. To, you know, with with the with the absolute insanity, you know, it's probably sixty percent Laker fans inside the building, forty percent Clippers. So much drama. Uh, TNT was broadcasting outside. Big, great crowd there, uh, directly outside. You also had all of the issues still with the NBA in Hong Kong. There were uh, a lot of people passing out Hong Kong t-shirts, protesters with masks over their face. Uh, I don't think this story is going away for the NBA uh, anytime soon. 
as the NBA in China and Hong Kong remains connected. I know they had drama about Chinese television not carrying these opener games, uh, which they would ordinarily have done. But once I got inside the arena, I mean, it was an absolutely electric, fantastic atmosphere. And it was, uh, I mean, it was a great game. And uh, we can get into a lot of the different angles here. But to me, I just watched the game and thought to myself, is it possible that LeBron James right now is the third best player on the court? And thought about how crazy it is for that to be the case after the period of time during which LeBron James's reign of dominance over the NBA has occurred. And I think that's probably true, honestly. Like, and, and people might say I'm crazy, and they might say uh, that I have no idea what I'm talking about because I know that the LeBron fan base is very loud and it's very vocal. But I felt like Kawhi Leonard uh, right now had more control over this game last night than LeBron James did. And I also felt like Anthony Davis – had more control over the game than LeBron did too, particularly in the second half when LeBron kind of faded. And uh, I feel like this was a massive statement win for the Clippers to win without uh, Paul George and to win in the way that they did. Because if Danny Green, I believe, you may have the stat sheet in front of you, but I believe Danny Green went seven for nine from three. That's correct. He played as well as he possibly could. If he shoots three for nine uh, or four for nine, uh, then the Clippers win by 20-plus points and and win going away. And I know the Lakers made a run, and entering the fourth quarter we were tied at 85, and it was uh, Laker fans were getting all riled up. But there are so many things to unpack about this game. But to me, ultimately – this was the Clippers saying we're a deeper, better team than the Lakers, even without Paul George. And I think I know you play 82 of these things, uh, but I think this was more than one game. I think it was a pretty impressive statement. It definitely was. And I mean, look, I said this last year. I said, and some people continually said that I was wrong. I said, I think Kawhi's the best player in the world. I would yeah. take him over Durant. I'd take him over LeBron. I would take him over Anthony Davis. I'd take him over Giannis. I'd take him over all these people because I think he has a different mentality. He has an old school mentality. His game can translate in a number of different ways he started out slow he only had four points and then he had 26 in the three quarters after that the thing that really stood out to me you talked about the second half for LeBron James in the first half LeBron and Anthony Davis combined for 32 points shooting 10 for 22 from the floor and they're 11 of 16 from the free throw line so clearly they're being aggressive and they're finding their way to the line if nothing else but they're shooting just under 50 percent combined in the second half Those two guys combined for 11 points, only two shot free throws, one made, and just five for 18 from the field. So they end up going 15 for 40 combined on the floor. That's not going to get it done, even when Danny Green gives you 28. And you can't expect that Danny Green's going to give you 28 all that often. Kawhi makes people better around him. And they play with tenacity. And this is not a team that needed extra tenacity. With Patrick Beverly and with Harkless and with Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams, these guys that are dogs that have had to scrap and claw and I think exceeded expectations a season ago, then you add the ultimate dog to this team in Kawhi Leonard. And I look at Paul George on the sidelines wearing his little tuxedo with his bow tie out for 10 games, and I think to myself, this is what Kawhi does. He just makes other people better. That Raptors team had no business doing what it did last year, but Kawhi Leonard was that good. 
You're exactly right. Now, there were some dramatic moments. First of all, there was probably 60% Laker fans in the arena. And, and look, it's always hard to judge fan bases, and it's, uh, it's allowed, and you know, it's hard to judge. But I would say 60% Laker fans. Kawhi took the mic to address the crowd, which I thought was wild. Wow. I don't know if they showed that on television. Uh, but, uh, but he took the mic to address the crowd and say, you know, welcome to the arena. Thanks for being here. And there were a lot of boos raining down. And that element, you know, Kawhi is not stepping into a sports market that he is unfamiliar with. What I love about Kawhi is he knew and knows that the Clippers are not anywhere near the brand that the Lakers are in L.A. Yeah. And he had an opportunity to join the Lakers and be part of a dynastic team with LeBron James. And instead, he felt like the Clippers was the better choice for him. And I respect the hell out of that decision. And I thought it was a little bit strange that he took the mic to address the crowd. Uh, but uh, but this is, uh, this is, I think, Kawhi's team. And... Man, I, I just feel like they really made a statement. Now, with load management and all the games that guys are going to take off in the NBA and everything else, the reality is pretty much everything that happens between now and April is a prelude for building your way towards being good in the NBA playoffs. And I'm not the kind of guy people who know and listen to this show regularly are aware. I'm not the guy who's going to come on in October and November and even early December while football season is going on and be breaking down individual regular season NBA games. But this was a phenomenal sporting event experience to get to go to Staples Center with, again, the NBA LA. Uh, the NBA LA, I keep saying it, but the NBA has taken over in the city of Los Angeles and this had a playoff-like atmosphere. Fans stood up for the first 20 minutes of the game. Uh, there was just an energy and electricity that comes when you're in a football stadium or an arena or soccer match, wherever you are, and you know it's a big game and there's a lot of tension. It had an NBA playoffs, NCAA tournament feel about it. And, uh, and again, it's only one game, but I feel like this one counts for a lot more than one game with the results. Yeah, I think so too. And it was a good night for the NBA all around. Obviously, you were watching that one in person, but Toronto and New Orleans, for what it's worth, went to overtime. And you had two guys go for 34 points in Van Vliet and Siakam against the Zionless Pelicans. And that's going to be a concern. That's going to be a continuing thing that we're going to have to address. The fact that I think the estimate now is 14 of the national games that they clamored to get for the Pelicans because of Zion, he's not going to be available on the floor for those 14 games. And nobody's going to watch those, Clay. I mean, yeah. let's be real here. Who is going to watch the Zionless Pels? in a national television game early in the regular season. Well, look, I love L.A., uh, but with Kawhi and Paul George and LeBron and Anthony Davis all here now, the NBA's got a real challenge on its hands. And that challenge is when I walked out of that arena uh, to come back to my hotel, it was <laughs> – this is crazy, but it was uh, – and I think I'm doing the math right on this. It was 1.30 a.m., on the uh, on the East Coast, yeah. and there are a lot of people listening to us right now that would have loved to watch that game. And we always talk about how East Coast bias is the alarm goes off in the morning. It ain't that you don't care about West Coast sports. It's just that your life starts a lot earlier. This game tipped off at 7.30, but it was delayed, I think, because of the overtime. I don't know what time they officially started it. Uh, but I know that by the time I got into a car 
to head back to my hotel. It was 10.45 Pacific time, which is 1.45 on the East Coast, right? And this is going to be a big issue. I know the NBA is trying to adjust start times, but you can't have that happen on a regular basis where your best product is airing at a time that the nation can't watch it. And the stat I always use is 80% of the country lives in the uh, the East Coast, the Central Time Zone, or the Mountain Time Zone. Uh, and it's something like 72% or something that is the East Coast or the Central Time Zone. And what used to happen, and we've talked about this before, is LeBron was such a big draw when he was with the Cavs yep. and when he was with the Heat that people would put on his game and then they would lead into the Steph Curry Warriors or whatever team they were watching on the West Coast. Now, as you just mentioned, they're hoping, the NBA is, that they can make Zion into a star and that he can be the appetizer for the main course that is West Coast NBA action. And with him out for a couple of months, I think that's going to be hard to pull off. Yeah, it is. And last night was just a good night for sports in general. Both those games were a lot of fun to watch. You had that serious L.A. versus L.A. playoff atmosphere. And then, of course, there's legit playoff atmosphere as the World Series gets started. Game one goes to the Washington Nationals 5-4. to four. Garrett Cole entered, winning 19 of his last 20 Hadn't uh, lost since May, right? Yeah, just absolutely stunning numbers. And they got to him because this is sports, Clay, and this is the kind of thing that happens. And the Nationals have big bats, and that makes me sick as a Braves fan. I hate watching this, but this was really good, and this is a tough team that's hot at the right time. This, if you like baseball, this is a series you should pay attention to because there's great pitching on both sides. There's great hitting on both sides. This is the kind of baseball that actually might suck in an audience. Yeah, I'm curious to see uh, how this series will play out. I think certainly the uh, the Astros were such a prohibitive favorite that having the Nationals win game one kind of perks up the attention. I was watching this a little bit uh, in the uh, the Staples Center. They had some of it on the television there. Uh, And so I didn't get to watch it, you know, to the degree that probably a lot of our listeners did who who are tuning in for the World Series. Uh, But I do think any time you have a prohibitive favorite in a series – and the underdog, like the Nationals, even after that long time off, or sometimes it can cool a team off. Uh, clearly, the Nationals have now won, I believe I'm correct in this, what is it, uh, seven postseason games in a row? Yep, I believe that's right. Um, which is uh, which is tough to do. I mean, look, baseball is challenged to win seven games in a row anytime, but to win, I think it's they won the final two of the NLDS, obviously swept the Cardinals, and now have won the first game of the World Series. Uh, that is an incredibly difficult uh, road to hoe, and uh, to have managed to do that is uh, is certainly an, an incredible endorsement of how hot they've gotten, and also the team chemistry uh, that the Nationals have brought to bear uh, with Bryce Harper gone. Uh, I, I guarantee you that Bryce Harper is rooting as hard as he possibly can oh, for yeah. the Nationals to lose this series. Uh, and I I understand people are like, why would you criticize Bryce Harper? Well, I mean, this is the way things work, right? It ratchets up the pressure a great deal on Bryce Harper if the year he leaves and signs such a massive contract with the Phillies that the Nationals suddenly surge up and find a way to uh, to win a title without him. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. It'd be the same thing as if the Caps had done what they did after Ovechkin left and took money to go somewhere else. And that's I mean, yeah. not what happened. <laughs> Yeah, not what happened at all, but it does, I think, raise the pressure on him with the Phillies because people are going to say, hey, you're such a good player, but as soon as you left, the team managed to win a championship without you. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Great night last night going to watch the Laker-Clipper game in Staples Center. Uh, I don't know how much you ever learn from an NBA season game, particularly one that's played in October and November when you've got guys who are still out with injuries, with the whole way that load management plays out. But I do think that having L.A. be the center of the basketball universe for this season is going to be a lot of fun, except for those of us who are living uh, on the eastern part of the country, where I know a lot of you are waking up right now and you're just finding out what happened out in the game because it's so difficult when the game starts at 1030 at night in order to be able to stay up and watch those games. And I think, frankly, it's going to be something that the NBA struggles with all season long, balancing out the challenge. And to their credit, they've talked about bumping up the starts for some of these games by a half hour. But already, you know, you've got an issue with the NBA with Zion Williamson being out for a couple of months. And he was supposed to be the lead-in for the East Coast. People were excited to watch the Pelicans take on the Raptors. But without Zion, the Pelicans don't have a lot of interest associated with them. Uh, And so for two months now, the Pelicans aren't going to make a lot of sense. And I think with Zion out, it just makes it harder for the Eastern Conference to get that attention. And it's interesting when you look at the way that people respond When LeBron played on the East Coast, when he was with the Heat and when he was with the Cavs, people would watch LeBron games on the East Coast, and then that would drive up the ratings for the West Coast. Now, sometimes that's because people, and I know some of you out there are uh, are like, yeah, this was me last night. I know some of y'all just fall asleep on your couch, and you leave your televisions on, and you might wake up later in the middle of the night, and your television's on, and the game's over, and you turn it off. Well, that's ratings points. So people who are willing to put on the channel, getting the channel on in the first place, putting TNT on, is a one battle. And LeBron used to make that happen. And then the West Coast, when you had Steph back in the day going off like crazy uh, with the Golden State Warriors, that was the advantage that they had was LeBron was an incredible opening act. Well, the NBA's hope clearly in the way they scheduled last night's games is we want Zion to be that new transcendent Eastern Conference basketball power that is going to make people watch. And then we hope that they'll leave their televisions on and pay attention to LeBron after that. The challenge in general is now that LeBron and uh, and everything with the Clippers and everything with the Warriors and everything certainly uh, in general with uh, still Steph, even though Clay's going to be out for the rest of the season, it sounds like, and all those associated storylines, uh, those are still now the main course and the appetizer is not as good. Appetizer was pretty good last night, though, uh, and uh, and so was the main course, but got a long way to go in the NBA basketball universe with all of October, all of November. I know a lot of you are like me. You really kind of feel like the kickoff to the NBA season should be Christmas Day when the NBA has branded itself to own Christmas Day. My argument for a while, and I stick to this, is the NBA should knock 20 games off of the season and they should start it on Christmas Day. 
I think they would get a lot more attention going forward as college football is winding down at that point, and so is the NBA. Uh, so sorry, is the NFL? Then you get a lot better options there going forward. But that is uh, that is the big storyline. Obviously, the World Series also underway. Continue to break down and talk about that as uh, this show progresses. But on every single Tuesday. We give you the top five and the bottom five in the NFL. We have now finished week seven in the NFL with the New England Patriots dominating over uh, the New York Jets. We now have everybody having played, and I feel good about these rankings as I break them down for you. And so we will begin here with the top five. The top five, and and fortunately, unfortunately, we're going to talk about this some with Jeff Schwartz next hour. I feel like the best team in the NFL right now is clearly the New England Patriots. And the challenge on top of that is I don't think there's really a team that is close to them right now in the AFC. In other words, it's not just that the Patriots are good. It's that they are theoretically head and shoulders above everybody else. And as a result, I have got the New England Patriots as the number one team in the outkick top five. Following it up, and this is one of the great stories that we have seen in many years in the NFL, I believe. How about Teddy Bridgewater coming in and winning five straight games for the Saints? As a result, when you look at the quality of team that they have beaten, whether it's the Seahawks on the road, whether it's the Bears on the road, Jacksonville is no awful team. Uh, Those are pretty big wins for Teddy Bridgewater. And then you think also that they beat the Dallas Cowboys. It's not just that Teddy Bridgewater has won five games. It's that he's done it against pretty quality competition. He's not exactly getting to go up against the Dolphins and the Redskins and, uh, and the Bengals and Jets and teams like that. He has dominated against some pretty good football opponents. So I've got the Saints as the second best team and the best team in the NFC. That means right now, if I were projecting who I think is going to meet in the Super Bowl in Miami, it would be the New England Patriots taking on the New Orleans Saints, which some would say we should have gotten last year if the officials had just called that game against the Rams correctly. I'm sorry, New Orleans, for bringing up uh, that moment uh, in time right now. Then we've got uh, I think the third best team, the San Francisco 49ers. I'm not sold really on this 49er offense at this point in time, but Jimmy Garoppolo as a starter, 6-0. and The defense has been downright electric and dominant as we go forward. It seems to be getting better. I love the pass rush. I like the secondary being led by Richard Sherman. Uh, all in all, I think the 49ers have told and sold us a pretty good brand of football so far. In the four spot, I'll be honest with you, I didn't think this was going to work out as well as it has. Matt LaFleur has arrived in Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers is starting to come into his full fruition as the Aaron Rodgers we have known and loved for many years. He just had his best game as a Packer quarterback ever against uh, the Oakland Raiders last weekend. We'll see how he does on the road against the Chiefs this weekend. Uh, But in the meantime, I have got the Green Bay Packers in the four spot. And then this one may surprise some people because I, I sort of bandied about a bunch of different teams that could be the bet, the fifth best team so far in, uh, in the NFL. And ultimately, I came back to the Minnesota Vikings and in particular what they have done in the last three weeks. Let me give you some stats here. This is the Kirk Cousins that Minnesota believed they were getting when they gave him big money 
as a free agent quarterback leaving the Washington Redskins. The Vikings have gone 3-0. They were sitting at 2-2. Adam Thielen complains. Stephon Diggs talks out. Kirk Cousins apologizes. Since that has all happened, the Vikings now are 3-0. Kirk Cousins is completing 75.6% of his pass attempts. He's got 10 touchdowns against only one interception, and his passer rating is a scorching hot 142 So this is off the charts, what the Vikings have done in the last three weeks. I've got them there as opposed to the Chiefs who are dealing with the injury, certainly to Patrick Mahomes. I'm not a big believer, if you listen to this show, uh, that Lamar Jackson has what it takes right now as a pocket-passing quarterback to advance in the postseason, assuming they go ahead and get there based on what I saw from the Chargers. We'll see what the Patriots are capable of doing to the Ravens, but I'm not buying into them. Frankly, I'm not buying into the Colts as one of the five best teams either. So I think the Patriots are the best team in the NFL. Uh, And then I think they're followed by four different NFC teams. And in order, I've got them. uh, Patriots 1, Saints 2, 49ers 3, Packers 4, and the Minnesota Vikings sliding in at the number 5 spot. What about the bottom 5? in uh, the NFL. How would we assess the bottom five in the NFL? We gave you the list of happiness, the list of goodness. Now here is the list of awfulness, the list of sadness. Hide your faces if you are a fan of one of these teams. In the worst spot in the NFL, you have to put the Miami Dolphins. I think the Dolphins want to be the worst team in the NFL. I think the Dolphins so far are the worst team in the NFL. So I don't feel bad at all about sliding them in, slotting them in there at 32 overall. Again, the Miami Dolphins, not a good football team, and I don't anticipate really anything changing in that respect. How about above there? I've got the Cincinnati Bengals. They are also a winless football team. The two worst teams in the NFL, in my opinion right now, and I think both of these teams are going to end up wanting to go draft quarterbacks. We'll see who they draft. But both the Bengals and the Dolphins, the two worst teams in the NFL. Then I've got the Redskins. Uh, The Redskins couldn't score against the 49ers. The only game they've won has been against the Miami Dolphins. So I think you got to slot the Redskins in at 30 overall. In the 29th spot, we saw what happened to them on Monday night. The Jets just got absolutely humiliated. I've got the Jets in at 29. And then in the 28th spot, they just traded one of their wide receivers. They've effectively quit on the season. I would imagine that their coach is very close to losing his job as well. I have got the Atlanta Falcons. So counting down the five worst teams on my OutKick NFL rankings, the Falcons, the Jets, the Redskins, the Bengals, and the Dolphins, the top five, Patriots, Saints, 49ers, Packers, and Vikings. That is how I would assess everything right now in the world of the NFL. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Chad, I went to the Lakers-Clippers game. It obviously went on late last night uh, for people who are on the West Coast. I mean, sorry, on the East Coast or certainly in the Central Time Zone. What's your plan now that you got a couple of young kids? I know you basketball but how often will you stay up for these west coast laker clipper games uh in general 
maybe compared to in past when you didn't have young kids and and I'm just curious because I think there's a lot of people who are listening to us right now trying to decide how they're going to plan out their sport sports viewing now that the NBA's returned and everything is so West Coast focused. You know what's funny is that um, I, I actually probably will watch more with a very young kid. I have a two month old at home, so I kind of have the late shift at times, which actually opens up sports viewing for me more often. Where it's just me sitting in a living room uh, with the, with the smallest of my children, and I can watch some more late night sports. I mean, you're, you're right, Clay. All of the virtually all of the interest, the NBA, is on the West Coast this year, so. If you're going to follow the main storylines, you're going to have to be staying up late. Uh, but I actually see myself watching more of that. Um, and it's funny, when I was you know, younger and didn't have kids, I probably wouldn't have watched it as much because I was doing other things late at night. Yeah, right. You got to go out to the bar. You got to have a lot of fun. Now right. you're sitting around at yeah. home because you're a dad. Uh, that actually yeah, makes... fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a different different kind of uh, fun, to be sure. Uh, all right, so uh, you're a big Braves fan. Now that the Nationals have advanced against the Astros and the World Series has officially begun, do you have very much interest in this series, or will you buy in if it ends up going, you know, five, six, seven games, and you know you start to have a lot of different rooting interests, or are you relatively ambivalent about this series? It's funny because as a Braves fan, you know, it's the age-old dilemma of uh, a team beats your favorite team. Do you go on to root for that team, or do you root against that team because of the pain they inflicted? I kind of take it as they come. I found myself loving the fact that the Cardinals got swept by the Nationals as the series went on, and I found myself rooting for the Nats. I I don't know that being in the the NL East with the Braves, I would be rooting for the Nationals. Uh, But I do have an interest in a series. You know, it's Washington's first World Series uh, um, as a city. I think that's interesting. Uh, Houston certainly has some star power. Uh, but if you told anyone coming into the Major League Baseball season that the World Series will be Stroh's Nats, I don't think on a national level people would be that excited. But I do think this has a chance uh, to be a, a terrific series because, and I knew this all year about Washington, even though they, they didn't win the NL East, they were going to be a formidable opponent come playoff time because they've got three dominant starters and they've got three clutch starters. So once they get into a playoff series and you're going through a three-man rotation, they're going to be tough to beat. And that's certainly been the case so far this postseason. Talking to Chad Withrow, you can find him at Withrow Zone. He is on 104.5 The Zone in Nashville, longtime friend of mine as well, which can be either an indictment or a uh, or a positive, depending on who, uh, who is referencing that. Uh, but when you look at what's going on right now with the Patriots in the AFC, if I told you right now you have to take the Patriots to make the Super Bowl or you get the other 15 teams in the AFC, who would you pick? I would take the Patriots right now, I mean, especially with Pat- Patrick Mahomes' health situation. Uh, if he was completely healthy and wasn't going to be coming back from a dislocated kneecap at some point, maybe I'd take the field because I really like that Kansas City team. But it's amazing what the Patriots look like when Tom Brady finally has uh, a defense. Yeah. You know, he's had good defenses throughout his career, but they haven't been this dominant in his career. So it's amazing to see, even with him, they trade for Mohamed Sanu, which is going to be a nice boost to that receiving core, but it's not like he's got a ton of great weapons to work with offensively. But just where he is in his career, and you give him and that offensive system led by Tom Brady a defense to work with like that, and the results have been deadly uh, to the rest of the AFC. So 
If you ask me right now, I'm taking the Patriots over the field, um, but that's kind of contingent also upon just how healthy Patrick Mahomes is when he comes back. What did you think about that? We talked some about the wild, wacky, crazy ending from the Chargers and the Titans game. It seems like a really interesting story right now. Is this the kind of game that matters at all at the end of the year? It seems like it basically knocked the Chargers out of being in the wild card conversation. Maybe the Titans can still stay on the periphery of that conversation for a little bit longer. But does that game ultimately matter in the end of the season? I don't think it does. I mean, I, I think definitely now. Look, it was the death blow to the team of Boston. The Chargers are done. I feel that way. I felt the same way about the Titans, quite frankly, at 2-5. and five. With all the losses the AFC they'd already accumulated, that would have been five losses the AFC at this point already. So that would have been done. Uh, the Titans have a little bit of hope now. Uh, they've got some very winnable games for them coming up. So maybe they can turn it around. I thought that the wild, wacky ending to it brought up a number of different issues for me with the NFL. Um, it's kind of an an ideology in officiating and what review means in officiating. First point is this. Mike Vrabel doesn't challenge the spot on a fourth down sneak. The reason he gives for not challenging that spot is that he's heard from the head of officials that they're simply not going to overturn spots like that on a sneak or any situation where the ball's not on the sideline. I, I don't think that's acceptable for anyone to tell a head coach that. You have review... Because if you need to change a spot or need to change something, you do it. I don't there should be a general rule about anything. Well, we're probably not going to overturn this. That's issue number one. The other one is a 10-second runoff with a booth review under two minutes. And we saw this happen a couple times where Mike Vrabel had the decision to make whether or not to call a timeout to preserve time to get the ball back when the Chargers had the ball down on the goal line about to score, you thought, against the Titans. I think that's an idiotic rule because that is a, an NFL booth-related review under two minutes. So essentially, you're penalizing the team for something you're saying that needs to be looked at because the officials on the field may have gotten it wrong. And you also heard this from the broadcast in that game. Well, if it's close, just go ahead and call the touchdown. That's what the officials should do because then it's automatically reviewed. It just brought up a number of issues with the review system. I know there's no way to make it perfect, but you're bringing in a lot of situations that's very unnatural to the game. And I thought that 10-second runoff, the automatic one, because of a booth review, was, was tops on that list. Yeah, you know what? I think that's an interesting point because, in theory, if your guy, like if you're down in a goal line situation and your guy gets tackled trying to run the ball in, and you get up, you have the opportunity to spike it, right? Under, like, Let's say that the guy gets tackled with exactly 10 seconds left. In theory, you have the ability to spike the ball and get off one more play, right? I mean, I don't think that anybody yeah. listening right now would think that's crazy. But if they stop and whistle it dead to review it, and you're not ruled to have gotten in with a touchdown, then the game's over, and you don't get your additional attempt I could see how that could become a huge mess for the NFL. You can imagine this. Like, you're in a Super Bowl situation. Somebody's scrambling. They're at the one-yard line. They get tackled. It's clear, at least to the other team, hey, we didn't get them in. We're rushing up to spike the football so that we have one play left. The referee blows the whistle to review it. They determined that he didn't get in. It wasn't that close. It wasn't necessary to review it. And boom, the 10-second runoff happens and the game's over. Yeah, and it's it's just so 
in every scenario we just described there, it's so unnatural to the game, and it's not something that coaches can really prepare for. The other scenario, the, the worst is that there's nine seconds left, let's say. that You think the runner's in, they review it, he's not. Automatic 10-second runoff, game over. That's a disastrous ending for a team if, that, if the game ends that way. But let's say there's 12 seconds left or 13 seconds left. You better have your field in this situation. You better have your field goal unit on the field, ready to snap the ball, because yeah. the clock runs at the ready. So imagine if you had a scenario where the kicker is backing up to get ready to kick, and they don't snap it in those two or three seconds once the, the refs are ready to play. I mean, it brings in a lot of different scenarios. And again, we're talking about a 10-second runoff penalty because the league buzzed down and said, oh, the officials on the field that the NFL's paying may have screwed up. But that, to me, seems crazy. So that's something that the league really needs to look at. What do you think uh, – let's go college football here for a second. What did you think of the officiating in Florida, South Carolina, and in Tennessee, Alabama? Both of those games, there were a lot of bad calls, a lot of missed calls. It seemed like the SEC had a lot of egg on its face with the way that its officials performed. Yeah, I thought, and I'll speak uh, specifically on the uh, the Tennessee-Alabama game. I-, I thought there were just a couple of really game-changing calls. The one is the, 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 the roughing the passer or the personal foul on Daryl Taylor, where he does what everyone does after they hit the quarterback. He sort of pushes himself off of the quarterback, not in any egregious manner, and they throw a very late flag. That's a big moment in that game. Alabama's playing a backup quarterback. Two is out of the game. Tennessee got a three-and-out to start the half. They go down and score. They get a second three-and-out. They're about to get the ball back down one score, 21-13. to 13. Instead, it's a 15-yard penalty. Alabama goes down and scores. That was a big moment in the game. Um, there was some mispass interference calls. Uh, there was the one moment where the refs just inexplicably stopped playing because they said there was a clock issue when there wasn't, when Tennessee had a trick play on, and they had a wide receiver and quarterback in Jawan Jennings. There were a lot of moments where I thought the league had egg on their face. And I'll also say this for ESPN. I don't think it's necessarily a good look when uh, Todd McShay and Molly McGrath are on the sidelines smoking cigars with Alabama fans and the team, given the reputation that ESPN and Alabama have that they're in cahoots with each other, especially when a game, and you know, judging by the reaction, when a game has been officiated that way, I don't think it's some huge huge issue or anything like that. I just think it's bad optics. And I'd say the same if it was on the Tennessee side. I don't know that you want to be smoking victory cigars if you're supposed to be an impartial broadcasting team for a network. How much worse is Alabama? My contention is when Tua is out, that Tua has camouflaged, covered up a lot of averageness for this Alabama football team. And look, that's fine because most really good teams uh, and and coaches like uh, Nick Saban who have created dynasties, whether it's Urban Meyer with Tim Tebow, whether it's Dabo with Deshaun Watson, they have had the benefit of having that sort of eraser quarterback who's so good that he can cover up a lot of the imperfections on your team. And Nick Saban really hasn't ever had that before. But I think Alabama without Tua is a 9-3 and or 10-2 and football team. I think there is a massive drop-off. I don't buy into their defense. I don't think their offensive and defensive lines are anywhere near as dominant as they have been before. They can't run the football. They're not great at stopping the run. They have an incredibly talented wide receiving core and a great quarterback at getting it to them. 
But if Tua doesn't play, I think Alabama loses to LSU. I think they lose at Auburn. Am I crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy at all. Um, I, I think they're still a very good team without Tua, but they're not a national championship caliber team. And their defense is so young. Now, Tennessee ran the ball for 130 yards. You take away the two sacks. And that's a very young Tennessee offensive line. They got really good push in the run game. I'm not accustomed to seeing that with Alabama in any defense where you can run the ball on them. I think they're susceptible to that. Their pass rush is not great. They have to really scheme up to get sacks. Um, that team is not special. I'm with you, Clay, without Tua. Those wide receivers are special. Tua's special, but you take them out of the equation, and I, I definitely give the advantage to LSU, and I think you may be right. Possibly give a slight advantage to Auburn as well. USA Today had a head coaching database in terms of how much guys get paid uh, that is out came out on, I guess it was Tuesday afternoon. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, uh, but I thought it was intriguing. Dabo Sweeney counts for $9.3 million this year because he got a couple of bonuses. Nick Saban, $8.9 million. Jim Harbaugh, $7.5. Jimbo, $7.5. Kirby just shy of seven million. Same with Gus Malzahn, Tom Herman, Jeff Brom makes six point six million. Now he got a bonus too. Lincoln Riley six four and Dan Mullen six one. Uh, all of that is intriguing. Where does it end? Like at what point does the dollar figure become so crazy that people say, you know what, a college coach can't make that? Like, is it $15 million? Is it $20 Because these salaries just keep going up substantially for the high end of college football and college basketball, too, for that matter. Clay, I don't think it ever ends for the guys that win at that clip. I mean, we were talking about Saban, Dabo, um, at the top of the list, guys like that. I don't know that, I don't know that there is a ceiling for them in terms of their value and, and what they make. The, the, and I saw the same list. The craziest thing to me, maybe not the craziest, the most surprising and thought-provoking one on the list is Jeff Brom yeah. at, at Purdue, making over $6 million Because to me, that shows the value in a program like Purdue. That's not a bad program, but it's not one of the big boys either in college football. That when they feel like they've got their guy, they're going to overpay to keep others away. Jeff Brom was rumored at Tennessee. Jeff Brom was rumored at Louisville. So Purdue stepped up and said, you know what? We feel like he's a great coach, and he's the best possible coach for us. So we will overpay based on production to keep this guy here and keep others away. That, to me, is interesting when you see a Purdue football program and Jeff Brom close to the top of that list. I think that says a lot about programs you wouldn't consider top players in college football and their commitment to the sport, but also – their commitment to a guy they hired, they feel can get the job done, and they just want to do anything they can to make sure no one else takes them away. It also says a lot about how much money the Big Ten Network is tossing off because that's where Purdue, it's not like they're bringing in a massive football stadium or have one of those revenue insane generators like an Ohio State or Michigan would. Uh, I think that's the the value of that equally distributed Big Ten Network cash. Good stuff as always, Chad Withrow. Thanks for getting up with us, uh, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, thanks for having me, Clay. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. 
Choose from the full line of Yokohama tires, shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be jeff later today on lock it in i will attempt to knock out 51 push-ups live on television 4 30 eastern 3 30 central 2 30 mountain 1 30 pacific what kind of confidence if any do you have in my ability to knock out 51 push-ups I would say on the low end, I'd bet the under if there were odds available for this, which there might there might be eventually by the time you do this. Are you doing this in your in your TV clothes? Are you taking them off and going go dresser? No, like what's the? Yeah, it's a good question. I will be in t-shirt and shorts for the push-up contest, so I will have to during a commercial break. Uh, I imagine we'll probably do it near the end of the show. Um, I'm not sure exactly how it'll be spaced out because I don't think I'll have two wardrobe changes and get back into my suit. So I'll be in like a uh, t-shirt and shorts. Okay, so that's to be a little easier. But 51—that's a lot of push-ups. Like that's, and you—you you probably haven't been doing them, practicing for this. So I'm going to go under here, and then you owe what, Joel, a thousand dollars? A thousand dollars to charity. Bet? We're going to donate. Uh, whoever loses is donating a thousand dollars to wounded warriors. So uh, so that's a good cause regardless. What number would you expect me to hit then? I think you'll get to like 30, 35. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, 51 I, is a lot. Yeah, 51 is a lot of push-ups. But uh, I'm hoping – I don't really – the one thing I don't know is with the cameras going and all the attention, whether that's going to be a pro or a con as opposed to just doing it like – you know, in a quiet place, in a gym or in your house by yourself. Um, I do think that's an intriguing aspect of this that I haven't really thought very much about. But I feel like I feel like that's that's going to help you maybe get like five to seven more. Like not like you know you know the combine when guys are doing two twenty five on the bench. Yeah, you know they get a couple more because they're at the combine, right? They're the adrenaline like works in their favor. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like. It would it would work for your favor a little bit, uh, but then also you're going to have Sal's probably going to be mocking you as you're doing it. Rachel's going to be mocking you too. I mean, you're going to have some forces working against you to make sure you don't have this happen. Yeah, Joel Clad will certainly be coming against me too. Like there will be a lot of. Let's not pretend there's not going to be a ton of hate that's flowing in my direction. But I have to rise above it all. So anyway, well, I'm sure we'll share the video. You can find me on Twitter at Clay Travis. Even if you're not watching the show, and you'll be able to see it there. So that will be uh, that will be intriguing. I hope. Regardless, uh, speaking of what may not be intriguing at all, let's go into what we saw on Monday Night Football. Uh, how nervous should you be if you are a Jets fan about just how god-awful Sam Darnold was? Is that a concern going forward, or is it such a bad game that it's impossible to draw any conclusions from it? You just throw it in the dumpster and don't ever consider it again. Well, I think it's tough to just throw it in the dumpster because it feels like the Jets just had no preparation for what the Patriots were going to do. and The Patriots have been going zero pressure, which is what was talked about a bunch during the game. So basically, you're, you're bringing every person on defense who doesn't have a, uh, a man in coverage. So there's no safeties back there. They're all blitzing. And there's ways that you can combat zero pressure. Quick passes, 
you stack the formations, you rub routes, you scream. There's ways to, to get to, to fix it, but the Jets seem to have no answers to it. And then we heard Sam Darrell, of course, make the comment seeing ghost, and it led to, to him not seeing things right because it would show zero pressure and drop out. And they just had no plan. I'm not really worried about Sam Darrell just like throwing the ball up in the air. He's trying to do something at least. But I'm worried about Adam Gase just having no plan for what the Patriots were doing. And that, to me, is more concerning than any Sam Darnold's play. It's unfortunate that audio cooked him out of him because from now on, that's how he's going to be remembered. If he doesn't end up being a good quarterback, everyone's going to be remember, hey, remember the time he said he's seen ghosts out there? So it's unfortunate that made the airwaves. But uh, it is what it is. And I, I think he'll be fine. He played against the Cowboys. He's still young. He's still new to the system. They just were overmatched. Yeah, I'm curious on that. I see ghosts out. I'm seeing ghosts out there or whatever. Is usually when players are mic'd up, we get absolutely nothing of any interest, right? Who signs off on what's allowed to be played? So it seemed like if if, you, if the reporting uh, the NFL NFL films has a guy on the sidelines whose job it is to to check out. Um, here's the here's the tweet I finally found him. Um, it says here um, NFL film signed off on the Sam Darnold's ghost comments. They had a rep on site, um, and that uh, the rep decides what you know what can make an ESPN just basically airs what the rep tells them they can air. Because so usually the like stuff that they air is really boring, or it's like, hey, great pass. You know, like it, you don't really gain any actual insight. It seems to me very often from the mic, uh, mic'd on comments. And obviously they have to be careful not to catch cursing. They have to be careful not to catch her inappropriate or private conversations, all those things. I don't think I'd really want to be mic'd up, uh, but that seems kind of unfair to me that they basically threw Sam Darnold under the bus. It's very unfair. And look, if people are saying, well, you know, don't mic him up then. Yeah, I mean, sure, but I think you assume when you're, when you're mic'd up, the NFL's not going to throw you under the bus, right? I mean, yeah. They're for entertainment purposes only. And yeah, and while we don't get a lot of things, you know, we don't gather a lot of information, and we really don't, especially like on, on these games, normally it's just a bunch of dudes hooting and hollering, you know, during yes. plays. Um, but we don't actually get, you know, some good audio in the off season or, or the mic, I guess mic up's not a thing anymore, but uh, some of these NFL films uh, shows, there, there's some good audio that's, that's put out. The teams have good stuff. But again, it's really for entertainment pur- purposes, right? It's it's to um, prop up your players, uh, to show some cool moments, to give the fans a little bit of insight. It's not for that. It's not for Sam Darnold admitting he's not playing well against the Patriots. All right, so if I give you right now, the other side of the equation was the Patriots just absolutely dominated. If I give you uh, the Patriots or the other 15 teams in the AFC, which side are you taking for the Super Bowl? The Patriots. I already bet them to make the Super Bowl seven and one before the season started. Um, actually, to win the Super Bowl, I think it was, and to win the AFC also. Um, I know they played nobody, but their defense is suffocating teams. And how often do we see Clay when um, you know there are good teams that play nobody and they still allow points at the end of games? They have a busted coverage. And the Patriots are not doing any of that. They're not allowing points ever. They're confusing uh, quarterbacks. Look, it's not going to be all perfect, right? They play the Browns this weekend. The Browns will probably score a couple of points. They play the Ravens soon. You know, the Chiefs will score points on them. But um, they they are clamping down on 
the opponents are playing. And look, Bill Belichick's calling the defense this year. He seems to be rejuvenated because he's having some fun kind of now, you know, being able to do different things week in and week out with his group. But there's no real superstar outside of Gilmore. Uh, so they're doing it a lot with just kind of dudes. And they're good, obviously. But um, it's different than when he had, you know, like nine Hall of Famers on his team when he was winning those Super Bowls in the early 2000s. There's no Hall of Famers on this defense right now. Uh, and he's having a lot of fun coaching them. So is it kind of stripping away the – so you've got other teams, right? Uh, your brother plays on the Chiefs. you got the, the Colts that are right now doing pretty decent, the Ravens. We'll see whether or not the Bills, who at least played the Patriots fairly tight, and right now you'd also have the Texans. Those would be the other five teams if the season ended today that would be in the playoffs from the AFC. Which of those teams, assuming they are healthy, uh, and certainly Mahomes is back – gives the Patriots the toughest run, presuming they'd have to go to Foxborough and play against them? The Chiefs. If there's one team that New England's afraid of, it's the Chiefs. Uh, they're not afraid of Jacoby Brissett. They're not afraid of the Texans and Deshaun Watson. They're really not afraid of Bill O'Brien. They're not afraid of Lamar Jackson, very one-dimensional offense. They're not afraid of that. They're afraid of Pat Mahomes, and that's why the Patriots went out and got Mohamed Sanu. They know they have to score more points. They know their offense has to be better to keep up with the Chiefs. They're afraid of the Chiefs. That's it. Um, sorry, Colts fans, Texans fans, Ravens fans, Bills fans, they're not afraid of you either. Um, just the Chiefs, and um, that's what I have to worry about. Hopefully Mahomes comes back healthy and we get a good AFC um, championship. Otherwise, I think that the Patriots are winning that game by 14, 17 points. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's shift out. Well, who do you think is the best in the NFC? There are a lot of teams, obviously, that can have a contention for the crown in the NFC. It's a lot more interesting in theory side of the playoff debate. Who do you think uh, on that side of the equation is potentially better? I think the Packers are probably barely at the top right now. The Saints are really good, obviously. We need to see uh, how Breeze plays when, when he gets back, and he will get that job when he gets back. And I think the Niners are good. Um, their schedule, though, has been really, really uh, putrid. Um, but they win in ways that can they can play well against good teams, mo- you know, mostly rush the passer and play efficient offense. So the Packers have had some really big wins. So have the Saints. Uh, so probably Packers, Saints maybe 1B, and then I go 2 with um, with uh, uh, the um, uh, what did I say? the 49ers. Uh, all right, let's go into the NBA. Last night I went and watched the Clippers and the Lakers, and I think regular season NBA is kind of hard to analyze in general because you have so much load management. You have a lot of injury issues right now coming out of the gate in the NBA. It's October, November, until to me, even Christmas, it doesn't really feel like the NBA starts. But you're from L.A. How much interest do you have as a guy living on the East Coast now in what's going to go on all season long between the Clippers and the Lakers? Well, the Lakers fan, I'm glad they're relevant again. But you know, the time difference for me is always the issue, right? And so I'm not spending a lot of time staying up late to watch these games. I know they've decided to start you know them a little bit earlier every now and then. Uh, but it's exciting that the Lakers are back. And look, the Clippers have been uh, second fiddle to uh, the Lakers now for, for many years. I mean, they're the third tenant in their own building. The um, the, the Kings, the hockey team, is yeah. considered the second tenant in football. So I think the Clippers will eventually build their own arena. But you know, we 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 see why Kawhi went to Los Angeles. There's a commercial that came out with him and Schwarzenegger um, and Paul George. I mean, there's a clear reason why that you know he he came to the media capital. 
uh, of the world, and uh, it's great to have two West Coast teams. It's, it's going to be interesting for the NBA because um, I don't remember a time ever, and now I'm 33, of the NBA being so dominated by West Coast teams. Now with, with Zion out, um, you know, you have obviously Philly and maybe Milwaukee, um, you know, Boston, of course, but you have the Lakers, Clippers, and as much as the Warriors are a little beat up, they're still going to be a marquee team. Um, it feels like, you know, there's a lot of attention out West, and we saw the ratings drop last year. So I wonder how the ratings will be this year with, you know, more teams out West that are good. But I'm, I'm happy as an L.A. guy. It'd be fun to watch the Lakers and Clippers go at it uh, the next couple of years. What do you think about uh... – about that that kind of dynamic in general where I do think there are a lot of people on the East Coast that are like, man, and I'm one of them, right? If you get up early in the morning, you would like to be able to watch those games. But last night's game uh, started at 10.30 Eastern. If you are yeah. uh, on the East Coast, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to us right now that are like, dude, I, I'd love to watch that game, but it's the East Coast. It's 10.30. By the time that game is done, you know, it's almost 1 a.m. on the East Coast. Dude, i got to be up. i got to get the kids up. Uh, certainly to say nothing of the young kids who obviously have to be in bed before that game pretty much even starts. How do you handle that if you're the NBA? Because even more so than last year, the talent balance is even more skewed in the Western part, and in the storylines are even more skewed. And there's going to be a lot of people waking up who maybe see two or three minutes of highlights but never get to watch these games in totality. Well, they're going to do what, what I've been doing for Pac-12 football games for three years now. I mean, I cover the conference for a living, and I'm not staying up to watch the Pac-12 till 2 or 3 in the morning. You wake up in the morning, you go to YouTube, I mean, same as, as, as your kids do. You mentioned that before, and you, yep. you dial up the 15-minute highlight video, and you watch the highlight video, and you pretty much capture everything that, uh, that you have. I, I know the NBA does a good job on their own website of posting six, seven-minute recaps of the games, and, and that's how you do it, honestly. Um, you, 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 you sleep and you wake up in the morning. and I mean, it's what I do Sunday morning. I wake up Sunday morning, or you know, there's a USC-Colorado game on Friday at, at 9 p.m. I'll probably stay up until halftime, and I'll, I'll wake up on Saturday morning, and I'll put on YouTube and watch the second half, and then I, I have the film. I'll go back and watch if I want to, and I'll do the same probably um, for most, you know, most later games this year. Uh, I'll go and watch the highlights in the morning, and that's – it's good for the NBA that we have that option now, um, you know. But again, I'm not saying to watch, especially regular season basketball with the load management stuff now, and and just kind of the lack of effort. I think at times um, it's not a big sell, in my opinion, to to stay up late and watch the NBA. Yeah, it's intriguing for sure as you uh, as you break that down. The other thing that obviously got started last night, the World Series. How much interest do you have in the World Series uh, in general this year with the Nationals and the Astros going at it? Well, I had a uh, plus 3,400 future ticket on Astros Nationals World Series, so that was fun. Uh, and I also How much money did you put down tickets. on it? Uh, I put 100 on it. So, so you, uh, that that's a big payday. Me. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. And then um, I also have futures tickets on both teams to win the World Series. I think it's like plus 800 and plus 1600. So uh, I'm pretty much coming out ahead <laughs> no matter what. So uh, I'll watch. Look, I watch. I like watching sports. I like baseball. Um, I do radio at night. So part of you know doing that is putting baseball on while I'm, while I'm doing the show. And um, I'll watch it. I'm not like gonna you know stay up in bed till midnight to watch the games, but uh, I'll, I'll put it on. I like baseball. Uh, all right. Uh, appreciate all the time. Anything else we need to know, NFL or college football wise, as we roll out with you? Um, 
I just think that uh, the Patriots are going to are going to win it all again. <laughs> I think yeah. it's an inevitable conclusion. Um, they play such a high level, man. Uh, I just I kind of marvel at them. The, the, their their consistency and just the, the desire to win all the time. I think I think in life. Um, and really in sports, you know, it, it sounds stupid because I know people say, well, I don't, you know, I don't win as much and I would love to do it in life. But I think when you win a lot, you get complacent, especially in sports. And um, there's never complacent. Like Bill Belichick's on the sidelines coaching his butt off when they're up 33 nothing. I mean, it's amazing to watch. Uh, by the way, what do you think the impact of Mohamed Sanu will be? Um, well, look, he's not the guy that's really going to like be a, a guy screaming down the field for them, but uh, he's going to be a reliable target, third down especially, and they just need someone reliable um, like that. It just can be you know, different than, than Edelman, kind of be a middle-of-the-field runner, which they haven't had. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to get themselves a tight end somehow. I'm not really sure who that would be, um, but try to find themselves a, a way to get a, a middle-of-the-field player. In the event Gronk decides not to come back. I don't think he's coming back. Jeff Schwartz, appreciate the time. Go follow Jeff. G-E-O-F-F-S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z is where you can find him. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying, flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.